Church, um, we want to say welcome this morning once again from your home. And, you know, the victory in this is the way I was thinking about it just a moment ago is your family didn't get in a fight on the way to church today. You didn't have to get out the door. Moms and dads, you didn't have to get kids dressed. Um, so there is victory in this. But the, the other encouraging thing that I want to just to reach out to you um, as a church family, what we've seen happen here over this last week from from messages, from emails, from phone calls, has been nothing short of encouraging to our staff and our team here. And, and just really it lets us know the closeness of our family here at Chestnut Mountain Church. Um, and so we're going to continue in that vein where we're going to connect, um, although it may look a little different. But church, I want you to hear me when I say this today. We miss you. We miss you physically being here with us this morning, but but we know that God is teaching us something in this season, and I believe that, that God is showing us, he's stripping everything away, where maybe even right now in this moment, he is all we have. And the reason that he's showing that is because he wants us to understand he is all we need. And so that's what I wanna to share with you this morning, but also to be encouraged. And this is where I see that the, the word of God is still alive, it's still moving, and it's still breathing even today as that God, even where we're gonna be looking at today, has met us right where we're at. You know, several months, or a couple of months back, we jumped into First and Second Peter, and, and it's no accident of where we're gonna be reading from today. The Spirit of God led us there, and, and he knew what was coming some eight weeks ago when we set out in this journey reading through these books. And, but what's so encouraging is that I could not have manufactured a better message today than where God is meeting us right in his word in 2 Peter chapter two. And if you were with us last week, we looked at 2 Peter chapter one, and we know that it was Peter writing a letter to a group of believers who were, who were struggling, who were in the midst of a tough time. And what he was wanting them to understand is he was saying, look, I know I'm physically on my way out and I don't really care if you remember me, but the one thing that I want you to grow in is your knowledge of God. I didn't plan that last week because I believe that the Spirit of God is still speaking to us. And so what I want you to hear, church, in this season of the unknown, one thing I want you to know is that we must be growing in our knowledge of God because when we grow in our knowledge of God, we trust Him. When we grow in our knowledge of God, we trust Him. To know Him is to trust Him. And to trust Peter was stressing that. And, and that again is why I feel that we're stressing it right now in this moment. Is to know the truth is because we want to recognize what is not true. We must understand the truth so therefore we as believers can recognize what is not truth. And you know, you may have heard the analogy of, of how federal agents how they are trained to identify a counterfeit bill. And if you've never heard that, you may in your mind be thinking, well, a, a federal agent would learn what a counterfeit bill is by, by studying sample after sample after sample of, of what is fake or what is not true. But in reality, what a federal agent does is the exact opposite. I found this quote this week, and here's what it says. Federal agents don't learn to spot counterfeit money by studying the counterfeit. They study the genuine bills until they, ma till they master the look of the real thing. 
And then when they see something that's bogus, they recognize it. So they are able to identify what is fake by knowing the truth. And so I want you to hear me today when, when I think that is really what, Paul, what Peter is trying to write in this second letter is, he said, you must be growing in your knowledge of God so that you will identify what's not true. Because where I think this letter meets us right now is we're in a season of uncertainty. We're in a season of, of we, we want answers. We, we want peace. We want comfort. We want some relief. And so here's what I know about our, whether it's American society or whether it's just human nature. When we want something, we go looking for it. And so in this season of the unknown, of the season of uncertainty, we want answers, we want peace, we want comfort. And our human nature will, has designed us to where we will go and seek these things out. But while we are seeking these things out, what I want you to hear is even though we are looking for truth, there's also an enemy who we read about in 1 Peter 5, 8, an adversary, the devil, who is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So while we are searching for truth, there's nothing that the enemy would rather do right now than to take advantage of that search. And that's exactly what we're gonna look at and what's happening in, in 2 Peter chapter two, is these are all new believers who are now being persecuted for their faith. And they don't understand that they're, they're being persecuted, they're being exiled, they're being punished because of their faith. And so there's a lot of questions that they have. There's a lot of answers that they want to, to receive. And so we know that they begin looking. But what we read in, in chapter two, and we're not gonna read it just for the sake of time, but a false prophet and some teachers, false teachers are, are making their way into the church. And what they are trying to do is they know that these believers are looking for answers, so they feel that if they can present an answer that is somewhat close to the real thing, they can have these new believers abandon their faith to buy into the lie and so again, that's why Peter wants them to grow in their knowledge of God so that they will recognize this. You see, the enemy still works the same way. These false teachers, these false prophets, were, they, were in, they were tools in the enemy's hand that he wanted to use to sow discord. But we know that the enemy still works the very same way. His number one weapon is deception. He is a liar and he is a deceiver. He doesn't want us to know that he's counterfeit. He doesn't want us to know what he's offering us is fake. And so what God is wanting us to do is to look at him and grow in our knowledge of him so that we will recognize what is not true. And you see the way these false teachers would work is they made their way into the church. And they would lay beside the truth of God's word. They would lay beside something that was very close to it. That, that was very close in definition. That was very close in being defined the same way. Matter of fact, they would even use some of the same words. They would even use some of the same terminology. But what they would do is, is use those words, but they would twist the definition. 
And so what I want you to understand today, church, is that the enemy is still up to the same thing. He's wanting to use what appears as truth, but he's wanting to sell us on a lie. Because you know, church, I think if we've learned anything over the last few weeks, where we've not been together, um, us as believers, we know that, that God's word and that God's presence and, and even God's people what that provides for us as the church, it provides hope. It provides joy. It provides peace. It provides contentment. And it provides relief. So what I want you to understand that in these next coming weeks, as we continue down this path of the unknown, this, this path of separation, while we as a church know that what comes with our fellowship is hope, joy, peace, contentment, I wanna let you know this, guess what the enemy is going to offer to you? He's going to offer hope, he's gonna offer contentment, he's gonna offer joy, and he's gonna offer relief. And so he's gonna be using the very same tools that we know God provides, but he's gonna to try to sell us on it. And you're gonna realize that it's not the same thing, that it is counterfeit. Because look at what Peter writes about. Look at how he defines what the enemy offers. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Look at what he says. It says, these, meaning what he's talking about here are the things that the enemy offers, these false teachers, these false prophets. But he says, these are springs without water and midst driven by a storm for who is the black darkness has been reserved. The two, the two word pictures here that Peter's writing about is he, he said that what the enemy's trying to sell us is like a spring without water. Some of your Bibles probably say a well without water. And then he says a mist driven by a storm. What he's referencing here, the picture that he's painting for all of us here is, look, we live in the South. We know that come August, come late July, we're gonna be in a, a season of drought. I know that seems like an impossibility right now because we are wishing the rain would stop. But what the picture that he's painting here, mist driven by a storm, we all know that in the South, what it looks like in the middle of summer when our, our yard is dying, when it's crunching as we walk on it, and we can look off in the far distance and we will see a black cloud rolling and maybe even hear the, the clap of thunder or maybe even see lightning and, and we get excited with anticipation of going, okay, here comes what we've been longing for. Here comes the rain, here comes some relief, here comes some comfort. But then um, it's Georgia, right? So you never know what's gonna happen and what ends up happening is as that black cloud gets closer, all of a sudden we may feel an occasional drop of rain we may see the mist, but before we know it, the cloud has passed overhead and it's left us with nothing but disappointment when he stand around scratching our head saying, how in the world did that happen? That looked so promising. That looked like it was what I was longing for, what we were in need of. And what I want you to see is the, the well without water or the spring without water and the cloud without rain is exactly how Satan himself is still working. It's exactly how he's still working because he knows that in desperation, when we're searching, when we're longing for answers, 
He's going to show us what appears that's gonna offer hope, that's gonna offer peace, that's gonna offer some relief. But by the time it's all over, by the time we've jumped in, by the time we've bought into his lie, it's gonna leave us looking just like we did at the black cloud going, what happened? That's not at all the picture that was painted. That's not at all what I thought was being offered. That did not go as it was planned to go. But remember, the enemy's number one tool is deception. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And so we see Peter jumps in now and, and he defines how these false prophets, he defines how these false teachers were worked and how they were wired and, and what gave them energy to drive. And it's so eye-opening because this is, this is the enemy still. Look, at, look with me. In verse 13, verse 13 of chapter two, we're gonna start about halfway down that verse. He starts out and he says, they. They is these false prophets, these false teachers, but what we know is this is the enemy working. It says, they count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes, reveling in their deception as they carouse with you having eyes full of adultery, they never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Does that sound familiar? Having a heart trained in greed, accursed children. Verse 15, forsaking the right way that they have gone astray and having followed the way of Balaam. Look at what all Peter unpacks about these liars. Look at all what Peter unpacks about the deceiver. And, and I want you to understand, again, this is, a, this is a visual of what the enemy and how the enemy works in our lives and what drives him. But the first characteristics that Peter used here, these are, I guess you consider adjectives, BB, so not a verb, but this is how he's describing who the enemy is. So we'll correct that later. You got it? Okay, good, praise God. But the very first thing, the first way he describes the enemy, it says that they count it pleasure. They count it pleasure, meaning that they count it pleasure to deceive you, to lie to you. Can I tell you that Satan works the very same way today? He loves lying to you. He loves deceiving you. And then he goes on to say, reveling in deception. Not only does he love it, but he enjoys it. It is like blood in the water. It just gives him energy. This is what he loves to do. And then we look at the next thing. It says that they, meaning these false teachers, that their eyes are full of adultery and they never cease from sin. While that's a characteristic of them, what I want you to hear is this. What they want nothing more is they want you to join them in that. They want you to join them in having eyes of adultery. They want you to join them in never ceasing from sin. And they're gonna do everything they can to get you to buy in to that lie. Satan is gonna do everything he can to get you back in to where God has already delivered you from. And so we see that he is enticing unstable souls. I think we can all agree that this defines our world right now. 
that our, our city, our country, our, our world is, is full of people who have unsettled or unstable souls. Again, we're looking for hope. We're looking for peace. We're, we're looking for joy. We're just looking for some, some relief. But hear me when I say this, Satan's gonna offer you all of those things because he wants you to go back to where God has already delivered you from. Because remember, he's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone that he can devour. Church, he's gonna be dangling all kind of bait right in our face. I've seen a lot of you guys, you've been posting over social media that you're really loving this social distancing thing because you're on the lake like 24 seven now. Um, so congratulations for that. But what you gotta understand is the enemy is trying to do the very same thing that you're trying to do to the fish. He's wanting to dangle the bait right in front of your face before you know it, you've bit, before you know it, you're hooked, and before you know it, you're headed to destruction. That is how the enemy is lying to you in this season, church. And so as I, I don't know if you follow us on Instagram or on our, our Facebook, but I shared a devotion with you at the beginning of the week, and this is something that God has really pressed on me to encourage you with as a church that in these upcoming weeks, that one word that we've got to continue to think about is the word keep. We've got to keep focused. We've got to keep connected. And we've got to keep moving. Because if we don't, then you better be careful. You better be careful because what the enemy will do, if we're not continuing to focus on Christ, if we're not continuing to try to give every effort we can to be connected, if we're not continuing in moving in the direction that God has called us to move, you better be careful because what the enemy is doing is he is paralyzing our mind, he is idling our time. And if you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it a thousand times, but an idle mind is the devil's playground. If he can unengage you from the things of God, if he can unengage you from the word of God, if he can unengage you from the people of God, he has paralyzed your mind and he has paralyzed your thoughts and that's when he wants to go to work. But even in the midst of, of our minds being, maybe it's stagnant or maybe we feel kind of numb, we better be ready because we're gonna have to learn to recognize a truth for a lie. Because as we are maybe separated physically from one another for a season and we realize that, that we are searching for joy and peace and hope and contentment, I want you to hear me when I say that, but the enemy is going to offer you the very same thing that we know that only God can provide. You gotta realize that what Satan is offering you is not even his to offer. He can't be peace, he can't be joy because he is a liar, he's a deceiver. But in the midst of this unstable souls of us, of who we are, we must be careful to recognize the lies of the enemy. And you may be thinking, Brian, what are, I don't really understand what are you talking about. What do you mean he's gonna try to lie to me? What do you mean he's gonna try to, to bait me in? What do you mean he's gonna try to rope me in? Here's what I want you to see. Jump all the way down with me to verse 22. The Bible says, Peter writes it, it has happened to them according to the true proverb. 
a dog returns to its own vomit and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. You see, if, if you're listening this morning and, and you're a born again believer, you think about what your life was before Christ. Maybe you're in a season right now where you're coming off of an addiction or, or maybe you feel that God has delivered you from anxiety or depression or whatever fleshly desires that you used to, to feed, whatever appetite that you used to feed, all of a sudden through the power of the Holy Spirit and the connection with God, the connection with his people, he has given you the strength to overcome those things. But where you have to be so very careful is guess what? The enemy knows those are your weaknesses, so that's exactly what he's gonna tempt you with. He's gonna show back up and all of the things that God has delivered you from already and he's gonna wanna try to drag you back again to where God has already delivered you from. And he's gonna say, hey, look, you know what? I know you used to be an alcoholic, but now in this season of, of, of stress, of anxiety, depression, all you need is one more sip. All you need is one more drink and all of a sudden it'll be better. There'll be some relief. And then all of a sudden we see that you've taken the bait. You know, maybe you're at home and, and maybe you've struggled with pornography for a very long time. You're having an idle mind right now. And so now we're back on the computer at all times. And so can I tell you, be careful because when those things pop up on that screen and just inviting you to click, that's the enemy and the bait that he's dangling. Look, man, you're stressed out. You deserve this. You deserve to look here. Or maybe that, You've dealt with depression or anxiety and, and maybe you've gotten to a season of where you've trusted God's word when it says don't worry about anything, but in all, just pray. Maybe, man, you were, you were in that vein where you were praying all the time and your anxiety had begun to diminish, but now in this season of being uncontrolled, you're going back to your old ways of worrying about everything. Now, yes, I know we should be concerned and we should be doing everything we can to protect our homes, to protect our family. But ultimately, what we need to be doing more than anything is pressing in and praying more than we ever have. Praying more than we ever have. But you see, that's exactly what Satan does. He's showing us a well. He's showing us a spring and we go back to those things and all of a sudden we get there and it may have appeared one way, but when we look in, it's a well with no water. Or maybe we see the dark cloud coming. We see the hope of rain. We see the hope of victory that looks like it's coming. And it's that relief that Satan's dangling in front of our face. And then all of a sudden it passes over and we have fallen back in deeper than we ever were. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute. It looked like joy. It looked like some peace. It looked like happiness, but I did not plan on it going this far. But it's because we didn't recognize a lie versus the truth. And the truth is what is in God's word. And parents, I wanna talk to you for just a minute because this is something that through looking at 2 Peter chapter 2, you know, I know the, we, we, again, we are so thankful for technology. And I know that all of our children are having to resort to, to laptops, to iPads, to phones, to, to accomplish their schoolwork. And so while they're searching to continue to be successful in school, there's one who is prowling around like a roaring lion, 
seeking someone to devour and that someone is your child. And so moms and dads, as your kid is un unfolding the, the laptop computer to go and be on their homework to working on their school, their home from school or however you said, I think I just messed that up, BB, so now we're even, whatever the phrase is. But you better believe as they're looking on those laptops, there's also another one that knows they're looking on those laptops. So moms and dads, I would ask you in this season, don't let this be the season that your child buys into a lie from the enemy. There's evil people that are online all the time. And so moms and dads, you need to be standing on guard. You need to be locking arms with your kids and making sure that the enemy has not got an open doorway to your child's mind, to your child's heart. And so moms and dads, be very careful and very close in that so that you will recognize the truth for a lie. Don't let the child buy in to the lie. But church, I want you to see my heart in this. And if anything, this is probably one of the most difficult seasons that I've had to ever walk through along with all of you because I've realized how much relationships drive me. I've realized I knew I was relational, but I had no idea how relational I was until all that's been stripped away. And so what I have been forced to do, instead of letting the season paralyze me and instead of letting the season bring my mind to idle, what I have had to do more intentionally is engage with my father. I've had to engage with him in conversation, with him in, with him in prayer, with him in worship. And so this is what I'm having to use to to fuel me. And I know that through the comments this week and through pictures we saw last Sunday that that is your heart's desire. That your families are drawing closer together right now and it's because you have recognized truth versus a lie. You know, he tried last week. You know, Satan tried last week to again win another victory. I think as he probably watched social media, as he probably listened to the news and he continued to see church closings and he continued to see that churches were going completely online. I have to believe that the enemy was probably smiling, that he was lick, licking his chops. He was just excited that he felt the mission had been accomplished. But I can honestly confidently say that all across this country last Sunday, there were probably more people that were engaged in church than ever before. There were families gathered around tables with the Bible open. I watched moms and dads at kitchen tables with their, their head bowed in prayer and worship. And so what the enemy meant for evil God turned and used it for his glory. And so I, I just got a picture of the enemy 
I love getting a picture of him being so frustrated and angry because I guarantee you he woke up last Sunday morning thinking, yes, we've done it again. And then as he began to prowl around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, he tried to enter your home, but guess what? He couldn't because the presence of God was residing there. He's doing the very same thing today. And you know what that tells me about the enemy? I know he's a deceiver, I know he's a liar, but he does not have a very good memory. And the reason that I know that is because there was one time some 2,000 years ago that Satan had done the very same thing that he's doing to us today, that he tried to isolate the Savior. He tried to paralyze the Savior. He put him in, a, in an old tomb and he rolled a big stone right in front of it and he thought, you know what, I've won. I've paralyzed his ministry. I've stopped what he's doing. But can I tell you church that the God I serve had other plans. The God that we worship today still has other plans. And so while we as a church, we're not here this morning, but what I want you to hear in this is the enemy has not won again. The enemy is not winning because the very same power that on that third day when the earthquake shook and that rock was rolled out of the way and the resurrected king came forth out of a tomb, that spirit that gave him life is the very same spirit that is at your kitchen table right now. It is the very same spirit that is in your bedroom right now. It is the very same spirit that is in your living room right now. And church, what I believe with all of my heart is that God is preparing us for one of the biggest revivals that our world has ever seen. I believe that there's an undercurring, there's an undercurring just a growth and an earthquake that is building that when all of a sudden these doors are opened back up, I don't think buildings are gonna hold attendance. I don't think parking lots are gonna hold the traffic because people are now hungry for the Spirit of God because they're realizing that the Spirit of God is the only thing that got us through this. And so church, I want you to hear me when I say this today. There's nothing that could hold my king in the grave. There was nothing that could hold my savior in the tomb. And I believe with all this in me, there is nothing that is gonna hold his church in the grave. There is nothing that is gonna hold his church in the ground because I believe that there's a revival that is brewing and I can't wait to see what an almighty God is gonna do with it. But in the meantime, church, we have gotta make sure that we keep focused that we keep connected and that we keep moving because we've gotta be growing in our knowledge of God because while the enemy is at work, we've gotta be ready to be able to recognize the truth versus a lie. And so while you're searching for peace, while you're, you're searching for answers, while you're just searching from, for relief, can I, ask, can I tell you this, that be using God's word that if what's being offered doesn't line up biblically with the truth of God's word, then it is a lie from the pits of hell. So church, we can't step back into compromise. We can't step back in to what God has already delivered us from. God right now, I pray, 
that all across our city, all across our world, that there are families that are gathered listening to the truth of God's word. And so God, just like these new believers were being warned of the false prophets, of the false teachings, Lord, I pray today that we've taken your word as a warning that we've got to recognize what is counterfeit. We've got to recognize what is not true because Satan wants to take advantage of an unstable soul. And so God, today I pray that we would find our stability in you, that we would find our stability in your word. And so God, by the power of your spirit, remind every person that's watching that the very same power that defeated death, hell, and the grave is right where they are. And so God, for that truth, we worship you today. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.